In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we talk about a song that jump-started Diane Warren's career. We talk about a band that has an angelic voice, badass mullets. We're covering the OG version of Rhythm of the Night, so sit back and enjoy. During the lockdowns, while the pandemic was raging, my classes were cut in half so that only part of the class would be there while the other part of the class would be online and then they would switch it up. In order to engage both the kids online and in class, I would attempt to do fun stuff. I know that grade 10 math in itself is already super fun. Oh, it's wicked fun. Yeah. I had a great time in grade 10 math. Yeah. Drawing in the textbook and all that other sort of stuff. Not paying attention. You would have fit right in with this crew. So I thought, well, the best way to bring them together is to show them some music videos and try to get their reaction and see if they have fun hearing music that their parents grew up on. Yeah. So I put up two songs. They both are similar in nature and their music videos were incredible. So I put on Lionel Richie's All Night Long and DeBarge's Rhythm of the Night. And we watched both videos and I asked my class and so a combined total of 30 kids which one they like the best DeBarge or Lionel Richie and DeBarge won with a 62.5 percent score that's crazy yeah all night long Lionel Richie that's a banger of a track that is now I do have to put this disclaimer in there of those 30 students only eight of them responded and (laughs) five picked DeBarge Three picked Lionel Richie, and the rest just stared... Blankly at you? Blankly, like, just like they did through the whole lesson. Yeah. Well, I tried, and they um, just weren't picking up what I was putting down. Well, you can lead a horse to water, Bill. You just can't make them drink. Well, I hope we have a more receptive audience today, because we are doing DeBarge's Rhythm of the Night, and it is an incredible song. Do you have any memories of when you heard this back in the 80s? I don't have any very specific memories surrounding this song. I always believed for years and years and years that this was by Gloria Estefan or the Miami Sound Machine. Me too. Because it has that sort of Caribbean or Caribbean, if you're nasty, sound or, you know, slightly Cubano and all that. Yep. And uh, El DeBarge, he sings in a falsetto voice. So it's just like... Well, that's Gloria Estefan. I thought the same. It was, really did seem like a Miami Sound Machine song. Where are DeBarge from? Yeah, so they're actually from uh, Royal Oak, Michigan. So I have no idea where that is. Right. But I know it's in Michigan. Okay, so not Florida at all. No, not at all. They end up moving to LA, the DeBarges, and end up creating a sound that's kind of similar. Uh, well, you know, let's to be fair, by the time Rhythm Night comes out, They're already well into their careers, and this is a different type of sound. Rhythm of the Night, which is the name of the album that the song is off of, is their fourth album, I believe? Yeah, and final album. At this point, El DeBarge is sort of 
tapped as a solo act and goes off and does his own thing after this. So in a sense, what you're hearing is a great song, but underneath it, or behind it rather, is a band falling apart and disintegrating. But the production team is doing their work, but DeBarge, as we had known it, was done. Sorry, no, it looks like they had another album after this one, Bad Boys, in 87. Right, okay, I should take that back. After this, L and Bonnie? Bunny. Bunny, okay, L and Bunny, Leaf. Yes. And so DeBarge, as we know it, is kind of gone. I think they get dropped by the record label pretty quickly. And then Al has a solo career that doesn't really take off the way they're hoping it would. Well, let's talk about Happier Times, though, with the band. So the actually, I got to take that back, too. We were so excited to do Rhythm of the Night. We watched the video. It's so fun. And then we separately did some research on DeBarge and then just found it was super sad, their story. It's really tragic. Yeah. It's really, really sad history. Domestic violence, drug addiction, alcoholism. Unfortunately, a family that just kind of falls apart. It all begins with Robert DeBarge Sr., and Adderline Abbey? Abney. Abney. Yeah. Getting married. And so this is an interracial marriage. They come up in a time where interracial marriage is not seen uh, positively by many members of the community. And growing up biracial is also a struggle in school. And there are some really uh, difficult domestic violence things going on at home, according to Bunny, for sure. Yeah. And Elle doesn't talk a lot about this. And so that kind of leads them to get out and go to L.A. because their older brother Bobby is already there in a band called Switch. And so they go to L.A. to sort of make their fortune. Yeah. And they do because they find Jermaine Jackson, give him their um, demo, and he ends up getting them an audience with the Motown guys. Yeah, with Barry Gordy. Right, yeah. yeah. And they get signed and end up doing super, super well. They came out with their first album in 81, just The DeBarges. And from 81 to 85, they released four albums. Crazy. And most of their stuff that was popular before Rhythm of the Night comes out is more ballady. Yeah, I went through their greatest hits, and it's just a bit of a downer for me ex- until I heard the song Who's Johnny. Yeah. I was super thrilled because I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted the fun stuff, but the ballads really were the ones that seemed to have taken them to the yeah. tops of the charts. Well, it established them as as a band, you know, with some chops. That's right. And But by the time we get to Rhythm of the Night, it's almost a compilation album because there's a bunch of songs from soundtracks mm-hmm. that are placed on there. They had one on the Beverly Hills soundtrack, Beverly That's Hills right. Cop soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing it when I bought it. I'm like, who's this band? And so they had that soundtracky sort of vibe in some of those songs. Yep. I used to hate that, but I've come to embrace it. And... Um, Unfortunately, a lot of the members of the band had kind of slipped into some drug abuse. And so all except for L were using in various ways. Mm-hmm. And so when the record company was putting together Rhythm of the Night, they didn't have as many songs written by the DeBarge family. And they ended up utilizing L, who has that sort of pure falsetto voice and focusing on him. Yeah. And other members of the band, I think, is Ra- Randy? Randy, yep. Randy wasn't even told where the studio was so he couldn't even find out where to go 
to do his recordings, they just kind of put him to the side. And oh, so really? he said he only remembers doing vocals for Rhythm of the Night. Oh, wow. And I mean, he does do vocals for other songs too, so I'm not sure what he was getting at. But turns out that um, most of it was recorded by other people, and Al's vocals were the ones they used for most of it. There's two songs with the others, I think, and mm-hmm. the rest is Al. Just and, Al. And when you look at the cover, he's got full half page on the one side, and the others take up like three little boxes on yeah, the right. Yeah, yeah. So they had picked out who was fronting the band. Yeah. Or at least the label has picked out that El DeBarge is the one that's fronting this band. Right. And at that point, he was the only one who was clean. So they knew he would come in and do the job. Yeah. Unfortunately, he slipped into his own problems later. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of come out of it. So just a flash forward, by around 2010, they're all kind of coming to grips with their drug abuse. And so each are at varying degrees of... Uh, Acceptance or recovery. Recovery, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the story is still really sad. Yeah, just, it is. Just watching it just yeah. didn't end well. They're kind of at odds with each other. But um, L's doing well. From what I can see, he's still in concert. His voice is still there. And he said, you got to drink a lot of water. That yeah. was the key. He's like 62. He still looks oh, okay. great. Oh, and wow. he still can hit those notes. Nice. So, yeah. That's the tricky thing is... Well, I guess you never know what's happening with the band and and the demons that they're facing and all of that. But hearing that sad, sad story and reconciling that against a song that is as happy and fun and positive as Rhythm of the Night, those two don't match up in my mind. No, that was a struggle all week because we want to celebrate the song, but there's also this sort of line of sorrow around it. You can't sort of just wash over this stuff. It is part of who the band is and, and part of their story and brought them to where they are now. So you kind of have to talk about it. Just I just don't like talking yeah. about it. So there's a lot of parallels, actually, between this family band and another family band, the yes. Partridges. <laughs> that's okay. I thought you were going to say the Osmonds, but oh. sure. <laughs> the Jacksons. The Jackson family was ruled by domineering Joe Jackson. Now, and Joe Jackson was the manager of the Jackson Five and the, the Jackson yeah. family and, and all of that. But he was like super strict. I mean, there's domestic issues there as well, right? Yeah. So there are similarities. And then the fact that the DeBarges find Jermaine Jackson, demo tape in hand, and then that's how they start their career with with Motown Records. It's an interesting little parallel sort of lives going on. And then James DeBarge ends up marrying Janet Jackson. I mean, it didn't last long, but... Yeah, and it was pretty controversial because was she 18 years old or something like that? She was pretty young. She was pretty young. And so it got annulled within the year. Another interesting point of similarity is the bands end up focusing around a uh, a singer with a high voice. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, Eldebarge has a lot of similarities to Michael Jackson. And in the video, he does a bit of dancing that are almost Jackson-esque. He's not a bad dancer. Not a bad dancer. But I noticed they only gave him a couple seconds. And yeah. I wonder if you and I could dance really well for a couple seconds. Well, I'm a man of averages. So when I dance, I dance for a long time. And I assume that there are a couple of seconds where, you know, rhythmically, I'm not looking like I'm having a seizure. It's all about the editing. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
there's the DeBarges. Now, this song, of course, launched the career of somebody super important to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. This was the first top 10 song by Diane Warren that she wrote herself. That's right. She co-wrote some other top 10 songs, but this is her first solo top 10. Yeah, and this is brought to the band. She had two songs on the album. Mm -hmm. The other one being... The Heart is Not So Smart. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. It was the dumbest title to me. <laughs> and then when I was listening through the album... It's like, the dumbest song. No, I was oh, like, oh, okay. what's this song? This is so good. And then I heard The Heart is Not So Smart. Like, oh, I take it back. I was so judgmental. I'm sorry, Diane. It was a great song. And David Foster uh, wrote one of the songs oh, on the he? album. Yeah. Uh, Who's Holding Donna Now? Something like oh, that. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Diane Warren said that when... It came on the radio for the first time. She was driving in L.A. and had to pull the car over, and she just listened and was so thrilled to hear one of her songs on the radio. And she says that it never um, gets old for her oh, that's cool. when she hears one of her songs on the radio. But this is one of the first things she heard. I also heard that Warren says, despite the composition, she has very little rhythm herself. And this might surprise our listeners, but people have accused us of not having rhythm as well. Is it an accusation when it's factual? Uh, is it factual if you don't believe it's true? To the beat of the rhythm of the night. <laughs> is it serendipitous that you referenced All Night Long already? Because there are similarities with this song and All Night Long, in the sense that there's the street party sounds. Yeah. That are in the background, just prolificating throughout this song, but they took that idea from Lionel Richie's All Night Long, because that's uh, there's like party sounds going on all the time in that song as well. And another little song by obscure artist named Marvin Gaye. Yes. And uh, what's going on. Yeah, that might be the OG background party sound. Yeah. That's such a great song. And All Night Long, of course, a great song, which came out, I think, in 82. It, and they were label mates. Because right. Lionel Richie was on Motown, too, right. right? So there's definitely kind of a tip of the hat to Lionel Richie and, and kind of creating that same vibe. Producer of this song was uh, Richard Perry. He did stuff with Pointer Sisters, Harry Nilsson, Carly Simon. I don't know if he's done anything with, with Lionel Richie or not, but I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he had. Yeah. Well, I think it was James Carmichael who might have... Done the production for Lionel for, Richie? For All Night Long? I'm trying to think but uh, from back to our Stuck On You episode. Yeah, James Carmichael. Yeah, that's right. He did, uh, he did All Night Long. There's a bunch of different versions of this song. We're going to kind of start by talking about the main single version, but there's also a longer version that I'll talk about a bit later too, but we're going to talk about it right now. Yeah, let's talk about it now. Okay. The long version begins with a lot more street sounds. And party sounds. And then it slowly kind of moves into the song. It's seven and a half minutes. Oh my goodness. This song is like yeah. under four minutes. That's so there's right. like three and a half, oh, almost four additional minutes of just party sounds? No. More uh, more steel drums, more electric guitar solos, more goodness. It okay. is one of the rare kind of extended mixes that I actually prefer. This and Cherish by Madonna. Her extended mix is incredible. And this extended mix was so worth it. (laughs) 
uh, Diane Warren used a drum machine to write this song, mm-hmm. but uh, on the is- insistence of Richard Perry, they used live drummers to play the song uh, for the album. It's cool to hear it because you hear those steel drums and, I mean, the drums sound like drum machine, but I guess you have electric drums, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you got your synthesizer sounds, the steel drum. There's like a combo of both 80s... I don't know if it's cheese, but 80s mechanical music. Yeah, with that like Calypso feel to it. Exactly. It's so good and so fun. Yeah. And it has. That's it. It is a fun, fun song. Yeah. And this has me thinking about kids dancing at like like a school dance for like grade threes would go all over this. And same with Lionel Richie. It's hard to separate the two songs for me sometimes. Yeah. But this one especially has something going on that i i mean it's tough because i love lionel richie but this is so good there's a purity to this song and i think it has to do with a voice that sounds so angelic and we'll jump into this with the lyrics it's all about go out have fun have a good time be positive just enjoy yourself yeah so those first about 15 to 17 seconds we have well let's talk about those sounds you have that bass Right? Just perfectly yeah. kind of taking a walk. Yeah. Which is what's going on in this song, right? And then just a little bit of guitar, is that right? Yeah, there's just a couple, like maybe a couple of chords of the guitar. And then you have that steel drum or xylophone or whatever that sound is. And it just sort of like, boom, I'm there. Yeah. I'm on the street. I'm dancing. Yeah. There's tacos in the background. <laughs> yeah. It sets the stage so perfectly. And we've talked about this in the past for our Gloria Stefan episode, fittingly enough, that this is a Prudhomme's Landing song. Yes, And as we've said before, Prudhomme's Landing is a special place. And for listeners in Niagara, you know what we're talking about. But listeners around the world, you know that there's a place where you would go in summer for just straight up fun, where you could have bumper cars and water slides and skeetball and roller skating. And this is playing in the background. El DeBarge vocals are so pretty. I know. Yeah, right? I don't know a better word to say. Let's go through those lyrics here. When it feels like the world is on your shoulders and all the madness has got you going crazy, it's time to get out, step out into the street where all the action is right there at your feet. I'm going to stop there because apparently the other part's a pre chorus. Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. When it feels like the world is on your shoulders and all of the madness has got you going crazy it's time to get out step out into the street where all of the action is right there and your feet it's pretty straightforward it's straightforward <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like you can solve all your problems with dance mm-hmm. and there's if you watch arrested development there's This great episode where Tobias Funke is trying to reform this gang, which is just actors, and saying like, hey, you don't need to be a tough on the street. You can dance. And all these actors like, yes, dance is awesome. And 
they go around trying to solve people's problems with dancing, but ultimately get beat up for yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, but in a world that's created by pop music, dancing fixes everything. Oh, yeah. You solve everything through dance. Or if it was an 80s movie through fighting, but more dance. Yeah. It's like flash dance. Well, I got to say, like, because this uh, song was featured in a movie called The Last Dragon, which I watched half of the other day because my goal, of course, was to find out how they use this. Yeah. It came up within about 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> so no, it's kind of tangential to the movie, but it was like a, it's a karate kung fu type of movie. Yeah. And I guess this is for all those 80s movies. I thought they were doing real fighting, but it's all choreographed. Yeah. And where do you choreograph? You choreograph at a dance studio. Yes. So basically, we're watching dancing. Yes, dance it was, fighting. It's the same. Yeah. No one fights like this. No. That's I mean, why I, Patrick Swayze was such a great fighter in Roadhouse. Because he had a dance background. That's right. At the end, when he picked the guy up, and it looked like he was just doing the Jennifer Grey, and he just threw him in the lake. Yeah. And then ripped out his throat. <laughs> Did he rip out a throat in Roadhouse? He ripped out That's his right. throat. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The line, uh, and all the madness has got you going crazy. Might have seen clever, but it kind of sounds ridiculous to me. Oh, madness makes you crazy. But you know what? Going through a relatively tense time or stressful time at work, just like, yeah, the madness at work has got me going crazy. This resonates with me right now. That's why I saw you dancing out in your yard before we started well, yeah. the podcast. Yeah. All right, to the pre-chorus. Well, I know a place where we can dance all night away underneath electric stars. Just come with me and we can shake your blues right away. You'll be doing fine when the music starts. Oh! So I was wondering if he was referring to a dance club. When he says electric stars, I'm like, oh, is it a dance club? Or is it streetlights? That's right. I couldn't tell. So originally I thought it was a dance club. Mm -hmm. But then you have streetlights. I'm like, but hey, Diane Warren, there's stars above the streetlights. But these are the electric stars. And this reminds me of a very, very similar song that's not similar at all. When All the Stars Were Falling by Lisa Loeb. And she has this beautiful line in it where she says, the lights of the city are the stars on the ground. And I think about that every single time I'm driving over the St. Catharines Skyway and I see St. Catharines in front of me with all the lights on the ground at night. And I'm just like, it's, it's this beautiful imagery. Yeah. And I really love that imagery that Diane Warren puts in this song here. The electric stars, like you wish upon a star, this is where your dreams come true and all this. And in the street, under the streetlights, when we're dancing and having a party and a good time, this is where all our dreams are coming true. That's so uh, beautiful, Frank. I find it pretty funny that you think of Lisa Loeb every time you go over the Skyway, too. Oh, I think about her other times, too. You know, the chorus isn't what I thought it was. So I thought it was feel the rhythm of the night or feel the beat of the rhythm of the night. But mm -hmm. it's to the beat of the rhythm of the night. Attaches to the previous line, whereas you'll be doing fine when the music starts. To the beat of the rhythm of the night. Yeah. Dance until the morning light. Forget about the worries on your mind. You can leave them all behind.
When was the last time you were out just dancing oh. and just having a great time and to the rhythm of the night all oh, night long? Oh my goodness. I, uh, I'm trying to think back. It might've been at a wedding, but it's a long time ago. Okay. I haven't, I haven't danced like that. I don't know. Before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Pandemic took my dancing feet away, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Pandemic's that small town in Footloose. Yeah, it is. We got to do a dance party. We should. Under streetlights. Under, absolutely. How long do you think it'll take for your neighbors to call the cops on us if we have a guilt-free pleasures dance the night away? Like on the street or in my backyard? Mm, street. Okay. Not long. Yeah. Okay, you're pretty popular in the neighborhood, Got huh? some stick in the muds in the neighborhood. <laughs> Actually, no, I like all of my neighbors. Yeah. We all get right. on very well. All right. How about backyard? How, how long? Well, we get to 11, right? Yeah. Okay. And most of my neighbors would join anyway, so I'm pretty sure we'd dance the night away. All right. Maybe that's a challenge this summer. You got a birthday coming up. It's true, I do. Okay. All right. I did want to talk about DeBarge's vocals a bit. So yeah. when he says, I'm going back to the pre-chorus, just come with me and we can shake your blues right away. You'll be doing fine when the music starts. It sounds like he's descending steps. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like we're in a music video where he's singing and then slowly walking, walking down, down a set of steps. And in my mind, they're lit up electrically with the notes. Yeah. Every time he steps down, it's a different color, a different note. And he's going to bring us into this sort of joyous occasion. Yep. All right, we're on the same page here. Verse two, look out on the street now. The party's just beginning. The music's playing, a celebration starting. Under the streetlights, the scene is being set. A night for romance, a night you won't forget. Look out on the street now. The party's just beginning. The music's playing, a celebration starting. Under the streetlights, the scene is being set. Well, it's not a lot of uh, deep analysis to be had. No, they're very surface lyrics, but they work so well with the music. Oh, yeah. It this just is makes, what it is. It makes it such a fun, fun song. Oh, yeah. And that's why Warren writes, So come join the fun. This ain't no time to be staying home. Oh, there's too much going on. Tonight is going to be a night like you've never known. We're going to have a good time the whole night long. Oh! Which really feels like a Lionel reference. Yes. Right? Like, you can't help but hear it. Yeah, absolutely. But still, this is just great. Because we go back into the chorus, everyone's having a good time, and then back to a pre-chorus. But first, there's a musical interlude, isn't there? Yes. And that is like a synth flute. Does that sound right? Do we, you want me to play it again? Sure. Yeah, let me play it, because I was trying to figure this out. Yeah, that's what I was... Is there such a thing as a synth flute? There we go, ready? I think that's just the actual synth, the programming on the synth. That's my guess. Do you think it's a flute synth? No. Well, I mean, it depends on what the, the program, like the, what it's supposed to sound like. Right. It's not like the... Uh, the Yaz flute and Anchorman. Right. I want to call this a synth flute. Okay. You can call it whatever you want. You just call it wrong. And then from there on, we get more chorus, more pre-chorus, more everything that we love about this song. Yeah. And I got a question for you, Frank. What do you love most about this song? What part brings me joy? Yeah. It's the breakdown. Because it's just, it punctuates everything. And it just, it seems so fun. Yeah. 
And for me, it's his uh, ah baby ah. Oh baby. yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he At just the keeps end. going higher and yeah, making yeah, yeah, little yeah, yeah. race note vocals. Maybe yes, if that's what we call them, mm-hmm. that's what we call them. I don't know what. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. That's, that's right. We, it's right in our hearts and our minds. And this song is so right. Yeah. It's so good. Because the, the outro goes for quite a while on this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. There's the musical interlude, and then there's kind of the... There's almost a bridge to the beat of the rhythm of the night, forget the worries on your mind, to the beat of the rhythm of the night, forget about the worries on your mind. Yeah. And then it kind of goes to that outro, the la, 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 la. and But it just keeps going and going and going. Like the party doesn't stop. It doesn't. It's like a good party. It never ends. Especially if you have the long version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Seven and a half minutes. Yeah, seven and a half minutes. It took a while for me to find a good version of it because, you know, on, if you're on a streaming service or anything, you have the unremastered. I guess yep. you just call that mastered. Yeah. And then the remastered, you get a little bit more loudness, which makes you think it's better. But then what you could do is get the original and turn it up and it sounds similar. Yeah. Right to 11. <laughs> yeah. And then I found the long version on this like complete album thing. Oh, okay. It's so good. I know I brought it up, but I keep bringing it up. music video i know that el debarge is the kind of the front man of the video uh, well of, of the band at this time i think the real stars other than the streetlights, are the mustaches oh yeah everyone has just these fantastic mustaches like this is peak 80s he has like peak mullet too oh yeah like yeah one of the great, great mullets. mullets oh so good and he looks super uncomfortable in front of the camera to me he kind of does he his eyes shift a bit but he's and he's trying to be happy and and positive to me you can hear the director saying smile l and he's smiling yeah but looks like he's either a like facing like it's called stockholm syndrome bill yeah yeah. he's just it looks like he's about either facing like um the death penalty or he's just trying to fake it to escape i don't know but he just doesn't look comfortable in his skin which makes me feel more kinship with him because i feel like if they did a music video featuring me right now i would yep. look just like elda bar oh yeah not i wouldn't have a great mustache or great hair well, i have great well hair. you have yeah, very yeah. good hair. let's let's take that back yeah. but i would look at the camera that way and my eyes would be shifty not Susanna ha shifty oh no but like shifting in a way that no one's going to go back on youtube and just loop my shiftiness yeah <laughs> they're gonna look away just like i want to look away from myself yeah it is a moment of I can't stop watching it because he looks so uncomfortable, but he's trying desperately to look happy. Yeah. It, it's fascinating. Well, he's trying so hard. Yeah. And he sings as though he's whispering talking. Like, there's a yeah. moment where there's no way anyone sings high with their mouth so close. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not Peter opening. Cetera. No, he's not. Yeah. He, he hasn't got knocked out at a Dodgers game or something. <laughs> so, he, I feel the... The director should have brought more of an extreme singing style out of him. Yeah. But still, the video is awesome. The video is great. It's it's a street party. It's a dance. It's DeBarge sitting in a convertible. Oh, man. Driving. Well, 
someone else is driving and they're singing to and, him right yeah on the sides of him yeah, so yeah the yeah. other debarges are all singing and then we actually get their vocals the one time they let them know where the studio was they yeah. actually <laughs> sing those poor guys but oh. they're all out there having a good time and then the dancing in the street is oh. so awesome so good so the Lionel Richie video has a lot of kids dancing, just kind of a real feel. But I think it, it felt more like when you go to an um, auditorium and watch like a special presentation dance. Yeah. But this one was like all these pro dancers are in the streets and it feels like a 1950s thing going on. But also you have the 80s mullet the aesthetic oh. and there's the way the lighting works it's almost these uh neon pastel colors that oh, are man. popping through and yeah. it just it just makes it look like that's a fun time i want to be at that party totally i'm curious if mtv played the video very much i hope they did yeah but they have a history of avoiding anything that wasn't white yeah in the mid 80s yeah but this it's video terrible. oh it is terrible this video is so good yeah it's so fun and it shows up in The Last Dragon. They actually show the video. Oh, do they? But part of it. It's so weird. Is it in the background or like on a TV or something? It's on or? a TV, but it's featuring someone on the this this DJ. She's like introducing the song. Mm-hmm. And she looks like she's in a spaceship to me. I don't get what's going on. But there's this whole disco type of hall where people are dancing. And there's big screens where you see Elle DeBarge singing with the red and blue lights in the background, okay. which okay. is our total aesthetic that we wanted to go for in this podcast, yeah. actually. When I think about us speaking, I see the the background that Elle DeBarge is singing on. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show a lot of the um, music video where the dancing's going on, which is really odd in this kung fu movie yeah it doesn't totally fit it was a movie that barry gordy was executive producer for right so that obviously he was going to push motown artists in the actual film and use them on the soundtrack and and just play product placement right would have been great for this to be nominated for an oscar would it you think (laughs) well i'd love to see it nominated for an oscar (laughs) did diane warren win for the aerosmith song or nah I don't know. Which Aerosmith song did she wrote? Don't want to miss a thing. Oh man, Diane Warren, why did you write that? It made her a lot of money. Well, that's true. Good for you, Diane Warren. Well, Frank, the next one we're doing is Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll save that for another time when I'm really mad at you. I'm sick that episode. <laughs> the very end of the music video, the DeBarges finally park their car. Yeah. And each of them jump out to kind of dance. Yes. But Al. Gets when he's out. wearing that great white suit yeah, with, the, with, with the red shirt and everything. A studded belt. Or at I least one so, yeah. studded belt. Yeah. And he comes out and does this sort of dance routine just for a few seconds. Yeah. But we feel like we're in the presence of something who could rival a bit of Michael Jackson yeah. Prince. I feel all the bars had so much potential to yeah. be a huge success. If he was packaged and marketed properly. And if he stayed cleaner, probably. It feels like he could have been a big success. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what ended up happening. It's tough to stay successful for so long. Mm-hmm. It's okay, because Rhythm Night is so great. It endures. It endures. Categories? Yeah, let's jump into some. I don't see Michael Bolton singing this song. No, neither do I. Okay. But you know who I do see singing this song? Glenn Medeiros. No. No. Oh. The Weeknd. Oh, okay. I feel like that voice has some kinship there. Or Bruno Mars, maybe. Yeah. But The Weeknd. But The Weeknd. Yeah, okay. Question for you, Frank. Would you play this at a wedding? Yes, absolutely. 100%. 100%. 
And actually, I'm upset that I didn't put it on any of the wedding mixes that I have created yeah. for people. To me, this feels like you could have this as the song that follows the final dance that you have to put out oh, where okay. you have like, you're the inspiration starts, right? Butterfly kisses with the, yeah, the, the dad father, and the, daughter. Yeah. yeah. And then the mom and son is uh, Mr. Big Song, lover, mother, sister, brother, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then then don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith with everybody else in the wedding party and then you throw this song on to bring everyone on the dance floor this is a great dance floor filler which is similar to what people use lionel richie's all night long for right because it's something everyone knows it's safe it's fun and it gets people moving imagine you did the seven minute version of this and then a seven minute version of all night long afterwards You'd have a lot of dehydrated, exhausted people, I think. Oh, yeah. But you know who wouldn't get dehydrated? The four and five-year-olds who are dancing out there. They yeah. They just keep going and yeah. going. They got energy. Yeah. Well, you have a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. All right. Did you come up with a mixtape? Yes. Oh, good. I want you to go first because I'm still figuring my mixtape out. So the theme I went with, songs about dancing and partying. Not quite mine. Okay. I'm going to start it off with... Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. It Takes Two, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Yes. I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney Houston. Oh, great song. Great wedding dance song. Yeah. Gonna Make You Sweat, CNC Music Factory. They certainly do. Talked about this a lot. All Night Long, Lionel yeah. Richie. Yeah. Groove is in the Heart by D-Light. Perfect. And I'm gonna close it all off with celebration by cool and the gang oh man this is a crazy mix and there are a lot of b-sides that i didn't go with more contemporary when i say more contemporary stuff that came out in the 90s but you know contemporary totally okay i got a couple to add to it all right so mine has to do with night and dancing okay so i got you should be dancing by the Bee Gees. oh nice I have I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. That almost made mine. I but figure it's a B-side, yeah. yeah. I have, coming to the end here, Give Me the Night, George Benson, and then ending it off with Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest. Nice. I love that song. Yeah. Such and that, a good song. Yeah. And that's going to start to send people home just with the right feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Another killer mixtape by us. I think we've really, really sort of found our niche here. Yeah. We are really, really good at mixtapes. Okay at podcasting, but really, really good at mixtapes. That's right. I hope you've enjoyed our leisurely walk through one of the great songs, the mid-1980s. And if you're feeling, you know, a bit down, you got a bit of the post-pandemic blues, I hope you think about, you know, maybe getting a neighborhood dance party out under those electric lights. Just come along with us and we can shake your blues right away. You'll be doing fine once the music starts with the Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.
just like they did through the whole lesson. Yeah. Well, I tried, and they um, just weren't picking up what I was putting down. Well, you can lead a horse to water, Bill. You just you can't make them drink. I don't appreciate you calling my students horses. Horses are trainable, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm keeping all that in. You know that, right? Yeah. Well, I hope we have a more receptive audience.